I think, as, uh, as you know, this is a, a serious and significant question. Uh, it's a question of moving forward in a way that represents our values and ensures that we're uh, enforcing our laws, while at the same time ensuring that we're uh, keeping Canadians safe and prosperous. Uh, this is a decision not to be taken lightly, and the foreign minister is leaning into this very, very carefully. Well, the longer the Prime Minister drags his feet on making a decision to kick this Chinese diplomat out, I think the weaker we look. And, um, you know, Michael Chong said as much, certainly in the last uh, few days. I mean, let's pretend that, let's pretend that Justin Trudeau did not know about these threats to Mr. Chong, that his top advisors knew. And, and despite this, you know, steady stream of increased aggression, that not one of them thought to maybe investigate this diplomat, build a case maybe for that moment when the prime minister decides he might want to f- tune in. Because the case for removal was made a long time ago. And our, you know, weakness and indecision, indecision is just going to embolden China, which has already threatened, you know, in response to Miss Jolie's indecision to kick out this diplomat. But like, what are they waiting for? Charles Burton, senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute, former counselor at the Canadian Embassy in Beijing. Good to have you, Charles. Good to speak with you, although <laughs> it's also bad to speak with you about this because this is really the pitch. Yeah. The bottom line is, yeah. you know, um, we're, we're not going to expel a diplomat because we're worried about Chinese retaliation. You know, the, the minister and the prime minister said there could be diplomatic retaliation. Well, that's to be expected. They'll you know, expel one, two, or three diplomats from the Canadian consulate in Shanghai. But the ones that get me are are when he says economic retaliation. So we're going to allow these Chinese agents to engage in this appalling activity, interfering with our democratic process and intimidating parliamentarians because we don't want to lose some some, uh, business deal. And then finally, consular, which is they say, well, you know, they might do more hostage diplomacy and arrest more Canadians off the street. In the bottom line is what goes on in China is China's concern, but the idea that we would just allow the Chinese to do whatever they want in Canada out of fear of, of them doing something bad to Canadians in China is just completely off the wall. Like I, I just can't believe that it's got to this stage, and you really start to wonder if the Chinese have some sort of hold on our government that informs this kind of um well, frankly, insane uh, determination that we might not expel the diplomat who has been found to be engaged in, you know, harassment and menacing activities and has been doing it presumably for more than two years since it was first reported to the government by CSIS. Yeah, I mean, people joke about it. Like, what does this, uh, why does the Chinese government have on our prime minister? And I, Well, maybe a lot, who knows, but uh, they're not kicking him out right now. Uh, but other countries and our allies have, and they didn't think twice about doing it. So it's not like it's unusual to kick a diplomat out if they're behaving badly or uh, doing stuff like this, you kick them out. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are standard diplomatic protocols that diplomats are expected to maintain. And under Article 9 of the Vienna Convention, we don't have to give a reason. If we don't like a diplomat, we can just turf them. You know, and and we have done this in the past with Russian diplomats um, and other nationals who have engaged in in behavior which is not consistent with their diplomatic function. And the bottom line is it's not just Mr. Jawway at the Toronto Consulate who's been named. You know, we, we, we know that there are dozens of these people who are engaged in activities of harassment, menace, influence peddling, espionage, who are working out of the very large diplomatic cohort that China has in our country. And I'd like to see them all go.
You know, mm-hmm. all the ones that we know are doing things which are illegal should not be allowed to stay in Canada. It doesn't strike me as as requiring a lot of, you know, leaning in and giving it, whatever he said, special, special consideration. You know, it seems to me like a no-brainer. Yeah, I think to most it seems like a no-brainer because, um, as you say, they, they have already punished us. They took the two Michaels. They punished our canola farmers. I mean, they're, they're, they, they won't stop and they'll continue forward, but they'll get worse if we don't do anything. And so that's the concern is that this... This, um, you know, obfuscation and this kind of dilly-dallying about this is just making China either confirming for them that we are pushovers. Uh, so, you know, we won't. And, and now today, you know, the Globe and Mail reporting that Canada now wants to get in on this AUKUS deal, this uh, nuclear sub-deal with Australia and Britain and the United States that uh, we were left out of. This is part of the Five Eye relationship. And now we want in. And it's, we don't want the nuclear side of it, which is fine. But like we're too late for that. This is our ally saying, you know, you should have been there and stepped up when you could, but you're you're too weak. And what do we have to offer them to to gain the benefits from this sort of agreement? You know, a diplomat. We, we don't have. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I, anyway, I mean, you know, I think that this is there are serious serious issues here, and are not going into AUKUS uh, initially, or you know, dedicating the resources to make us attractive to our allies to collaborate with them um, is all part of the same syndrome. You know, CSIS keeps sending in these reports allegating serious malfeasance by China and they get put in the back of a drawer and not acted on. There's got to be some factor behind this that explains the inexplicable to us. And I'd sure like to know, you know, yeah. forget about partisan politics. I think Canadians just want clarity on this and want it dealt with. You know, we want the Chinese who are engaged in this activity expelled from Canada and we want to make it clear to the Chinese government that we are not going to tolerate this kind of in, um, violation of our security and sovereignty. And I think that if there are going to be Canadians who might be subject to arbitrary detention, that we ought to be issuing a travel advisory and telling people who are working in China who don't have diplomatic cover that maybe they ought to look into another line of work because it's just uh, dangerous and the, and the Canadian government cannot defend you as against a brutal and arbitrary regime. Yeah, and I thought, and I'm sure you caught uh, Michael Chong on uh, the West Block uh, give a very compelling interview. And I think if if Michael Chong weren't as respected on all sides of the aisle as he was, maybe there'd be easier to kind of cast this off as a conspiracy theory. But he is very much right. liked, and so when he takes you through like what it was like to hear about his wife and his family g- getting targeted, but then you know the thought really struck him that his government didn't even think, uh, you know, when his kids or his wife are involved to maybe reach out and say, hey, um, you know, there's something going on. So he feels, I think, a sense of betrayal. Having said that, he does raise this point that this clearly the government set this up so that the prime minister and maybe Katie Telford are not told about this stuff, which to me, Charles, is like you're the leader of a G7 nation. Who doesn't want to know about a national security threat? And if it's intentional that he doesn't want to know, then he has no business being in this job. Yeah, I think the bureaucrats have got the message that if you send bad news about China up to the center, that that will affect your career, you know, and that the, the government doesn't want to hear it. And I think that that is part of part of it. But the other part is the stuff that is going up up to the center is not being acted on. Mm. And that's extremely serious. And, you know, it really in terms of the principle of ministerial responsibility, which evidently is not very respected by this government. Um, you know, we really should be seeing the resignation of everybody involved. No. Um, certainly the Minister of Public Security and I think the Prime Minister, not on the basis that he did anything wrong, but that he wasn't able to 
to um, to get his underlings to to behave properly. That's how it works. The minister should be taking responsibility. But we haven't seen this kind of thing since the Moroni era, I'm afraid to say. Yeah, uh, but that was an Airbus scandal, and that was, you know, money back and forth, and that didn't threaten maybe the national security. Here we're talking about, like, people are pushing for an election. Everyone wants an election, Charles. I'm thinking, well, how the hell do we want to have an election? With all of this stuff going on, it will never get sorted out, and then the threat just continues. So, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that really needs to happen that's not, and a lot of politics being played. Yep, I agree. I mean, I think it's unfortunate that the thing gets so heavily politicized because this is not just a question of one party. The Chinese influence goes into all of our political parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a national security issue, and it's unfortunate that we've got ourselves into the situation, but it won't be that difficult to get ourselves out of it if we just act on what ceases knows and take the appropriate action and any consequences that China provides to us that we just suck it up and accept it. It would be very hard, uh, Charles, to imagine that that, that Jody Thomas or whomever's uh, reporting to the prime minister at that level wouldn't have mentioned it to him, that not just Chong, but could be several several MPs. It's just so hard to imagine that no one in that time thought to mention yep. it. It's- but this is really getting to be like Watergate when you have the people who are close to the prime minister, like Jody Thomas, directly contradicting his claim that oh, CSIS didn't send it anywhere. You know, that, I mean, it looked like they were preparing to try and throw the CSIS director under the bus and then, you know, put a put a period behind all this and say, oh, we're moving on now. And uh, and they, I think that there are enough people of good conscience in the government that they are going to, you know, stick their necks out and threaten their careers to get the truth out. And, I mean, obviously, Jody Thomas, at least not, I don't know about obviously, but to my mind, Jody Thomas, will not be in that job for very much longer because of, of what she's done. Well, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting tactic. Blame everybody else, and then when they say, well, I'm not going to be blamed for this, and you just throw them under the bus, the bus is getting very, very full. But, uh, Charles, we'll yeah. see what the day brings. I appreciate it. Yeah, look forward to chatting about this some more. Eventually, yeah. we'll have some good news, right? Well, that I mean, would be good. It's going to... We, we can't go on like this forever. We, we're going to clean this up. It's Canada. You know, we can, we can, we can do this. Uh, you've been warning for a few years. I certainly hope it uh, happens at some point. Yeah, I appreciate it. But yeah, we'll talk again. Charles, thanks so much. Take care. There you go. Charles Burton, the optimist, even though I'm sure he's very frustrated. He's been warning about this for a long time. Uh, the Conservatives are trying to have Jody Thomas um, testify at this ethics commission about this. But yeah, it's very clear. That I guess Trudeau thought, well, I'll just I'll, I'll throw thesis under the bus, and as we've been watching in this thing, and then someone comes forward and says, well, yeah, but uh, here's what we've got, and then they'll come back and throw someone else under the bus. I don't think these leaks are going to stop. The longer the prime minister tries to blame everybody else, um, you know, they're just going to keep coming forward and saying, yeah, no, that didn't happen that way. Um, but again, I think Charles is right. Canadians just want to know what the hell's going on and fix it. Okay. Just fix it.